0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam
1: Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards, your host. Missy will be along shortly. At uh, some point this evening, I... uh, Took a break from watching Stranger Things two to record this podcast because we are a uh, we're a little behind here. I'm I'm joined by my buddy Booker. Hi, buddy. How are you doing? Who is uh, very excited that I am home from travels after a trip to the shooting hunting outdoor trade show and then a trip to the Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, the following weekend. I am home for a couple of weeks, until uh, until the Conservative Political Action Conference, uh, which is coming up into February. I'll be uh, up in the D.C. area for that, but uh, getting to spend some time here on the 40 Acres as spring is approaching a heck of a lot faster than uh, I realized. I mean, all of a sudden, it's February, and the seed catalogs are here, and I've got some ambitious friends who are already starting to plant stuff, and once again, the clock is ticking, and we're starting to feel like we're behind... Yeah, that all kind of popped up in like the last week or so. So we uh, we have ordered some seeds. As a matter of fact, uh, when Missy joins us later, we'll be talking about what exactly we're going to be growing uh, in the garden this year. Uh, so the seeds are ready. We've got the bacon seeds who are ready to go to freezer camp, but we uh, so far do not have a definitive date as to when they'll be leaving us. Uh, I really, really hope it's soon. We have no baby goats to report on, although... Um, one of our goats, Fern, is apparently getting close to uh, popping out some kids. So we'll hopefully have some baby goats, and hopefully not too many uh, baby goats here before long. Other than that, it has been a well, you know, I was gonna say it's been a fairly quiet week or two uh, on the farm. I haven't. I haven't been here for a lot of it. Um, it Just to get everybody caught up, uh, as I'm recording this, Missy has had her CT scan, the uh, uh, treatment that she's been going through for the last nine weeks. We are now waiting to get the results uh, to see if that treatment has been working. Um, You can follow Missy on Instagram. That's the uh, social media that she's most active on, uh, at Corny Goat Farm, also on Facebook, Uh, You can follow Corny Goat Farm as well. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter, at Cam Edwards. We'll be uh, letting folks know what's going on. We really appreciate you keeping us in um, your thoughts and your prayers. We've heard from uh, so many folks, and and I have been um, uh, lucky enough to uh, try to repay the favor and to to pass it on. Uh, I was up in Harrisburg for the Great American Outdoor Show and driving back home. Stopped by the uh, shrine of uh, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton once again and uh, said my prayers there for uh, both Missy and, and myself and uh, our kids and everybody on our prayer list. So uh, thank you um, again for for just keeping us uh, in, in your hearts that it 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 matters and it makes a big difference. So thank you. Uh, but Missy e is doing well. She um, has not lost her hair this time around. Hair is there, and matter of fact, her hair is back to being red. I can see. I can talk about this because she's not in the room right now. So Missy e colored her hair. Got a little tired of the uh, salt and pepper. It looks great. It's this flaming red. Uh, and uh, I was a little afraid. Like I've seen the flaming red with Missy e before. She always had long hair though. And so there was this moment when she had the goop in her head, and I'm like, oh man. I hope she doesn't look like Ronald McDonald, and she doesn't. She looks nothing like Ronald McDonald. She looks absolutely gorgeous, and she loves it. So I'm really excited for her about that. Um, she, the you know the biggest side effect this time around, uh, I don't think she's like heard an increase in the tinnitus that that hasn't the 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 complaint. Um, and I don't want to make it sound like she's complaining because she's not. But the the biggest thing that that she's been going through that she didn't go through the last time before was her muscles hurt, her muscles ache. It's like, she says it's like, you know, the day after leg day, but it's every muscle in your body, basically. Um, and, it, and it's, I feel bad because I know that, it, you know, she'll roll over in the night and I'll hear, I'll wake up, I'll hear the, the, or the, ah. And, uh, and I know that it's bothering her. And I know that the, you know, ibuprofen doesn't help you um, I don't really know what does. If anybody uh, has gone through chemo before and has had to deal with that particular side effect and, and can offer some relief, let me know. I I asked her today if she you know she thought that maybe like a really gentle massage uh, would help at a spa or something like that because of the medicine that she's on, she bruises so easily that I'd, I'd be worried that a you know a deep tissue massage. Uh, would actually hurt her but I just don't know I'm kind of looking for that uh, that answer and that's the toughest part um, about what I've been going through right now and again I, I I thank everybody for keeping me in your thoughts and prayers too and um, it is you know I, I'm, I'm good most days honestly I am and I'm able to handle this and I'm I, I think that I'm able to handle being her rock and the rock for the kids and um, But every now and then there's just that feeling of helplessness, right? Like, what can I do? Um, I like being able to, you know, make her feel better in small ways. So up in Harrisburg, I stopped at the Hershey Chocolate World on my way home uh, first to get... uh, uh, some treats for the uh, crew for Cam and Company who were not able to make it out to Shot Show or to the Great American Outdoor Show. I wanted to do something nice for them, and uh, and I you know I, I picked out some special chocolates for Missy. I picked out a couple of special chocolates for the kids too. But I'll be honest, I treated Missy more than I treated the kids. Um, I, if I can't fix it, I want a spoiler, I guess, right? <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm I'm doing my best to try to do that, but. Um, We'll get through it, and the next time we have a podcast, we should be able to give you some uh, some news here, one way or the other. And I will say this, in all honesty, I think Missy feels this way. She hasn't indicated otherwise. We've had a couple of you know pretty serious conversations about this, but but I am hopeful. Um, I am optimistic. I, I I am you know there's a part of me that wonders and worries. Okay, is this treatment going to work? But there's also um, a part of me that knows that if even if this treatment has not been working, that there are clinical trials going on right now that are doing some pretty amazing things. Uh, there was a story that came out a few days ago, Stanford Medical Center. A uh, uh, human trials have begun in this treatment. It's basically uh, immunotherapy that was successful in ninety out of ninety mice that had tumors. Now I know mice aren't humans. There's a difference there, and we've seen, you know, promising tests in mice that haven't translated to promising results in humans before. But this was really interesting. I mean, you were able to inject one tumor uh, with this uh, with this immunotherapy, and not only did that tumor get attacked, but other tumors throughout the body then also got attacked using your own body's immunities uh, and immune system to go after these tumors. And in eighty seven of the ninety mice upon uh, you know the first uh, uh, check-in, the tumors were gone. They were still there in three mice, but a second round of treatment eliminated the tumors in those three mice. So you know, you'd have to not be paying attention to all of the research that's going on and all the the potential breakthroughs that are occurring. Um, not just with you know, lung cancer and the sort of you know, more solid cancers, but with blood cancers as well. I was at uh, SHOT Show, the Shooting, Hunting, Outdoor Trade Show, and spoke with uh, Mark Gagliardi, who is a great guy. Uh, started a, a program called Shoot for the Cure, and this is a sporting clays tournament. It's a, it's a, it's a roving sporting clays tournament. They have about twenty. I think this year they're doing twenty-three shooting competitions, shooting you know uh, tournaments all around the country, and all of the money raised there is going to fight leukemia. Uh, it's, it's money that's being raised for leukemia research? And in talking with Mark this last time, he was so confident. He said we're so close to a breakthrough that I've actually been talking with the folks at the leukemia. Uh, association about, okay, well, when there's a cure, you know, what do we do we fold up shop. I don't want to fold up shop, but, but when there's not this need here for research dollars, what do we do? And they've decided that they're going to turn into sort of the McDonald, uh, Ronald McDonald house uh, for leukemia. There will still be a need for things like that. But, you know, he's talking about in the next few years, a, a cure for leukemia. I mean, like they feel like they are that close. So, I'm not going to be pessimistic. I'm not going to be cynical. I'm not going to worry most days. Um, I am secure in my faith. I am hopeful in uh, the ingenuity of mankind and uh, the mysteries of the Almighty. And, you know, between those two things... uh, The uh, kindness of strangers and the uh, love of friends, Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. All right, we're going to take a a quick time out when we come back here on 40 Acres and a Fool. Enough about me. Let's talk about something else. So stick around. We'll be back.
0: You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. liars by Glenn Beck on sale now at glenbeckcom slash liars 40 acres and a fool with cam edwards returns now on the blaze radio network
1: okay so i ran across a story uh out of agriculture.com this week uh john walter uh, writing it uh farmers uh how farmers are tackling a labor shortage uh, finding good farm help has gotten tough, but farmers are discovering new ways to recruit and manage qualified employees. It's really, really interesting. I mean, obviously, this is not something that I have to deal with uh, on the forty acres. We're not making any money. I guess we're more of a homesteading operation of anything at that point, and really just trying to be, you know, self-sufficient. We've hired um, uh, our seventeen-year-old son's uh, friends to do some, you know, manual labor around the yard for a couple of days, but that's it. We have no hired hands or anything. Like that, and John Jensen uh, is uh, was a, a hired hand. Um, he uh, was interviewed by John Walter at uh, Successful Farming. Uh, he's a farmer in Iowa, and uh, he was the son of a hired hand. He says, "For eighteen years of my life, I was a hired hand son, so I know what it looks like from that side." He said, "I saw the owner going to town on Saturday. Well, Dad and I might stay and shovel manure or something." Understand that man's point of view. So he talks about um, what he had to do to become his own man, to become a farmer as opposed to a hired hand. And I read this article, for whatever reason, it was the same day that uh, Joe Scarborough was on Twitter uh, depending on whether you believe Joe Scarborough or not, uh, uh, snarking about uh, Devin Nunez being the you know uh, the dairy farmer, blah, 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 and then kind of backed it off and said, oh, I love farmers. But, you know, I, we, you and I both know, if you're listening to this, you've heard the scorn. Rural America. You've heard the contempt dripping from the mouths of uh, media types when they talk about people on farms. The people, you know, who unironically shop at Walmart, right? Uh, may even unironically wear overalls. Oh my god! Or listen to you know old school country music. Oh, it's awful people, right? And John Jensen, they would say, is is one of those guys. You know, farmer in Iowa. just kind of a older dude, got a a handlebar mustache, and he's wearing a ball cap and a little bit of a, not much of a belly, but a little tiny bit of a belly there for John Jensen. But I read this, what I'm about to share with you, and man, I wish every reporter in America could just read uh, this one paragraph, although I'm going to give you two. He said, uh, I made all my own machinery for 20 years. Okay, this is how John Jensen was able to start farming and maintain his life as a farmer. I made all my own machinery for 20 years. That includes piecing together some of the largest planters, tillage equipment and combines ever run in the corn belt. John didn't buy a 300,000 dollar John Deere. John built what he what he could. Everything he could. Uh, Working with an equipment manufacturer, Jensen built the first 12-row and 16-row corn heads. He ran a 24-row planter in 1980, a 16-row corn head in 2001. He's operating even bigger equipment now, including a 54-row planter. Uh, now I'm going to give you another paragraph. Jensen's created a successful diversified operation mixing custom farming with his own row crop production. Family also operates a custom wheat harvest business through the summer. Side businesses include sweet corn and pumpkins, as well as a custom metal fabrication setup. up. Jen- I guess I'm going to give you one more paragraph. Uh, for Jensen, the size and diversity of the operation demands he pay close attention to the labor part of the equation, which combines family, uh, two sons and their spouses, a full-time hire, and part-time labor. Now, think about that. Think about Mr. Jensen there in Iowa. And if anybody, uh, you know, working in the mainstream media, with, with perhaps the exception of uh, someone like Selena Zito, would have run across Mr. Jensen uh, in a, a small-town Walmart. And they would ask Mr. Jensen, what do you do? And Mr. Jensen was, was to say, well, I'm a farmer. The mental image, right, That those reporters, those commentariat uh, would have of Mister Jensen, is probably you know maybe maybe they put him in the seat of a combine. Don't really know what that combine does. Just know that it's a piece of big old farm equipment, and you know just maybe 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 even have him riding mentally in their mind an old school tractor. Do they think about Mister Jensen designing and manufacturing? his own uh, agriculture equipment, his own planters, his own combines. No, I don't think so. They look at him, and they probably think, man, what a dummy. And I read those three paragraphs, and I was like, that man's amazing. That's incredible. I mean, just the, the, the sheer uh, diversity of things that Mr. Jensen has to deal with in the course of his business. It's a heck of a lot more than, than most of us uh, have to deal with on a daily basis. Anyway, I, just, I was just struck by this. As far, by the way, as um, uh, the actual labor shortage. Um, I, it, I, honestly, it took me a little while to get to that part of the story because I was just so intrigued by, uh, by John Jensen. Um, he says the key is to treat everyone with respect. He said it's important that everyone runs their own department of the operation. That way we don't have everybody stumbling over each other. Um, but it's tough to uh, to, to find people. Um, he hired a recent college grad uh, who does pretty much everything and, and anything uh, on the farm. Kid's name is uh, Aaron Schneckcloth. He says he uh, keeps busy with anything and everything on the farm. But he was drawn to employment on the place by... Jensen's innovative approach to technology. He said, if there's a place that uses more technology, I don't know where it would be. They're not afraid of trying something new. So, uh, oh, and by the way, here's another benefit. Um, This young man, Mr. Uh, Schneckcloth, uh, he gets benefits and he also gets a crop sharing stake on 200 acres. So, he's able to start building his nest egg. Um, Shetcloth says, I don't want to sound like John just hands me acres and then I call it my own. He says, I've spent over 10 years working hard for what I've been able to get accomplished. Uh, Jensen says that, uh, quote, I tried to let him have a say uh, in the operation. And it was interesting. <laughs> the, uh, the 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 uh, agriculture.com piece says, uh, Jensen was somewhat reluctant to be interviewed for the story, fearing that the publicity would draw attention to a valued employee. And, uh. Successful farming says the reluctance is understandable. Nationwide, there are two jobs available in agriculture for every new job seeker. Two jobs available in ag for every new job seeker. What that means is that, you know, wages are going up. Uh, in California, it's been going up, but um, uh, more and more, you're actually seeing you know, farmers start to offer things that they haven't necessarily had to offer in the past, uh, including, uh, you know, benefits, uh, the the ability to actually use some of the land uh, to grow your own crop. You you know, you would call that sharecropping at, uh, at, at some point, but uh, it's a far different type of sharecropping than uh, what it would have been in the 1930s, right, where you didn't own the land uh, and most of what you grew went over to the landowner. This is now, you don't own the land, but uh, you get to sell what it is that you're actually growing there on the, uh, on the property. Anyway, I just thought it was kind of an interesting story. Um, less, uh, again, I was less interested in the the labor uh, perspective of the story, although I certainly have told my 17-year-old, hey, guess where there's a lot of jobs available. And he has kind of shot me that look. And I've had, uh, we've had that conversation of, you're, you're not too good for any job. Just so you know there 's no job that 's out there that you are too good for. Um, you might not like it, might not be your career, but there 's no job out there that you are too good for so we we 're still discussing what happens uh after high school graduation here in a few months but uh, i would be I would be shocked if agriculture were Where he turned. All right, so you may have just heard that uh, angry yip there in the background. So I'm going to step away for just a moment or two and uh, corral all the dogs, make sure everybody's doing okay. But we'll be back with more 40 Acres and a Fool here on the Blaze Radio Network after this quick timeout.
0: This is 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. He
1: said when she opened the door, she was topless. So he made a good choice, didn't he? She opens the door topless. This is the greatest decision I've ever made in my life. That's what he was thinking. She then grabs his arms, pulls him into her chest. Again, her topless chest. Kisses him, kind of in a naughty fashion, bit his tongue a little bit. Please don't do that again. Don't do that. Right? Yes.
0: The Morning Blaze, weekday morning, 6 to 9 Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, so I have one more story to share before we get to uh, your thoughts. The email address, as always, is 40acrefool at gmail.com. That's 40acrefool at gmail.com. You can uh, also send us snail mail, uh, P.O. Box 817, Farmville, Virginia, 23901-0817. Got to give a shout-out to the Steak'em folks who uh, sent me and Missy some Steak'em t-shirts. I was having fun with the Steak'em social media manager as they were trying to get verified on Twitter, and they did. Uh, And so we've gone back and forth, and actually the Steak'em social media manager is going to get a a bottle of Mr. Freckle's Green Death hot sauce. We're going to pack up a bottle and send it. Uh, to the uh, Steakham folks, because, you know, steak needs some spice every now and then. Um, but <laughs> before we get to uh, uh, emails and thoughts from you, I want to share those with Miss E. I do have one other story that I stumbled across that uh, just kind of made my day. Not your typical, and it's weird, because it's when I say that, I realize it's kind of morbid. But uh, I ran across this story from the Eagle uh, newspaper, uh, and it's not a... Uh, interestingly enough, it, it, it's a story um, about a bird, but but not an eagle. Darren Benson, uh, writing for the eagle uh, in uh, uh, the great state of Texas, College Station. A family chicken uh, worthy of an obituary. Yes, Big Mama. Big Mama, the Rhode Island Red, uh, recently passed away. And her owners actually... Paid for an obituary for their chicken uh, they 're in the eagle uh, Stephanie Sward is the uh, 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 one of the owners of Big Mama. Uh, she and her husband Gregory and their two sons adopted the chicken in September of two thousand and thirteen after a family that had raised her inside of a Houston apartment, yes, inside of the apartment decided to have her euthanized. Veterinarian was able to convince the family to give the chicken up for adoption. These swords heard about her through an email distributed to the Texas A&M School of Veterinary Medicine, according to the Eagle. Uh, they found this picture of a skinny chicken. Uh, they fell in love and uh, and they adopted the uh, the chicken. So here's the thing. At this point, as I'm reading this obituary, I'm like, okay, that's great. And all I'm not gonna, I, I, you know, I'm I'm not gonna give a family a hard time for adopting a. Chicken that was going to be put down, whatever, whatever. But I was, I was a little eye rolling. Uh, then I read that the swords actually already had chickens. That they actually moved Big Mama into a flock of chickens. Uh, the chickens live in the chicken coop. They don't have you know chickens in diapers running around the living room. And I and I said, okay, all right. Now I can start to be happy for Big Mama because now Big Mama gets to be a chicken. <laughs> And my little dog gets to be annoyed by Zelda. Um, so I'm fine with Big Mama getting adopted. I'm, I'm I'm glad that she was able to actually go and be a chicken. I was afraid that Stephanie Sword was going to raise the chicken in another apartment or a house or something like that. Didn't happen. Uh, Sword said she did refuse to go in the chicken coop at times. She would try to come into the house. <laughs> in bad weather, she would stay at the back door and she would sleep on the patio furniture. Uh, over time, Sword said she came into her own and flourished as a chicken should, living in a flock, outdoors, free-ranging. She was a happy chicken from that point on, and we were happy to have her for as long as we did. Um, that's awesome. She was even in last year's Christmas photo, which I thought was great. Uh, she said that she noticed, as Seventy Sword did, the big mom had been slowing down on Sunday. She was the only chicken that didn't come out of the coop. She said she was in her favorite spot in the coop. She just went to sleep, and that was it. Uh, a dignified ending, as she said, for a dignified chicken and you know here's the thing i don't know that i have liked any of my chickens enough to uh, offer up a paid obituary but i get it i get it we were actually uh, missy e and i talking the other day because we thought that there had been a couple of chickens uh disappeared uh, as they were free ranging and wouldn't wouldn't surprise me um but I so we're talking about uh, the chicken that we call Chipetta. and Chipeta is a uh, a chip off the old block, our old rooster chip, uh, who is no longer with us, and she's the oldest bird that we have. We don't have any of the original thirty-two. That we got from McMurray Hatcheries when we first moved here, but Geppetta was one of the first generation that uh, were. She was actually the fir- the first generation that was born here. So Missy e tells me she said, "Hey, you know, we haven't had any blue eggs from from Geppetta lately. I don't know that Geppetta's still there because Geppetta lays blue eggs. She's the only one, and uh, thought that she had been taken, and it was sad." I, you know, I was, I was a little, I wasn't weepy. I wasn't, you know, oh, Chip, I know, but I was, I was sad. You know, we've had a lot of chickens taken by foxes and coyotes over the years. And we've seen chickens that have been uh, slashed, you know, in the coop. Um, we've seen chickens that have passed away peacefully in the coop. We still have the mysterious death of uh, Jay, our first, uh, alpha rooster, Jay, and his uh, sidekick, Silent Bob. Uh, Jay ended up uh, dying in the garden, and we found him just, it looked like he was asleep, had tucked under his wing, but he was dead as a doornail, and I'm still not sure what happened. So I do get why these swords wanted to share the story of Big Mama uh, with folks in the local paper, uh, because, you know, sometimes these Critters, uh, when they've been around for a few years, yes, you you do get attached to them. Uh, and when the time comes that uh, inevitably their life comes to an end, whether it's, you know, through uh, natural causes or um, turning them into chicken soup, there is and it's OK that there is that moment of sadness and uh you know it's a, it's a it 's a bittersweet moment to say goodbye uh, to you know even a chicken that 's kept you company for uh, so many years. so to the sword family, uh, I wish you many happy chickens in the future, and thank you for sharing the story of Big Mama with the rest of us. okay, stick around when we come back we've got uh, some stories from you to get to as a matter of fact here on forty acres and a fool, and that will happen right after we get back from this 40 acres and a fool with cam edwards on
0: the blaze radio network
2: pat
1: gray Uh, in florida uh, the mckay monkeys living outside the florida state parks are uh, infected with uh, herpes strain of herpes when and were you so there last is, uh,
0: when, how long ago was it that you were visiting Florida
1: that... <laughs> I mean I was in Florida not what's long what's the incubation those?
0: time for herpes <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
0: like it's you were not, just there not, not too many months ago Pat, Pat Gray. Gray weekdays from noon to 3 eastern only on the Blaze Radio Network 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network
1: and we're back, and this time I'm not just using the Royal Wii; it's actually a Wii because Miss E is here.
2: Yes, here I am.
1: Hello. Hello. I explained that uh, you were watching Stranger Things, uh, and I've already seen it, and so you and youngest son are uh, getting caught up. I think you guys are uh, what you finished episode five tonight, right? Yes. So and it no kept, spoilers, but uh,
2: and it kept stopping.
1: Oh. Because so, of our satellite internet, of our- yeah. The good news is we can, you know, we can stream video now. The bad news is it it kind of stutters sometimes. Everywhere. It does, and
2: this, <laughs> most of the time it does pretty good. I mean, yeah. we've had some times where you can't even tell. Um, just we had some issues this evening, but yes, we're at, we're at uh, season two, episode five.
1: You just finished.
2: We just finished.
1: Okay, all right. So we've got some emails to get to, but uh, I did say that uh, you would be along to help talk about what we're doing in the garden because the first seeds have been not planted but they've been ordered and they've arrived so we're we're one step closer right so what yes. do we actually order because we've we've got a lot of tomato seeds and a lot of pepper seeds that uh, that you've saved yes. so what do we actually you know buy this year
2: so as far as order we ordered some beets and you know how we had the I never pronounce this right the chioga yeah um, which are the red and white striped, and the boldor, mm-hmm. which are the gold ones. Instead of getting those, they had what was called a spring color mix. And so you get like two more including those. Okay. So I thought, oh, okay. And then we also ordered another type of beet called a cylindra. Cylindra?
1: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, cylindra, which is like a long – it, it looks like almost carrot. like a big thick carrot. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, We just decided to experiment with that to see see how that worked, right?
2: Yes. And then we're going to try our hand at um, Brussels sprouts. And I think we should try them out in one of the front garden beds. I think that's a good idea. Where we're going to put the raised because that will keep any snails from getting up. Yeah. And it will be harder for them. And then we can have a dedicated out there. Anyway. um, So anyway, Brussels sprouts, cucumbers. Onions, and we ordered sets. Of onions. Of onions. Right. Not the little bulbs, not the seeds, mm. little sets. They're like, It's like it's like you bought a scallion and you plant it. <laughs> Works for me. Um, we also are going to try to do three different types of green beans. And then, what else did I get that wasn't peppers or tomatoes? Oh, some zinnias.
1: That's right. We got some cucumbers.
2: Yes, I think I said that up here already.
1: Did you? Okay. Yeah, cucumbers. Okay. Uh, yes, and uh, lots of different kinds of zinnias. So now we have to just start getting the garden areas ready yep. for the spring.
2: But in addition to that, I looked through the back in where they have the supplies, and they had a box of peat pots that ended up for every single peat pot, it was less than 009 so it was less than $0.09 cents a pot okay. if you bought it by a case. And I was like, well, it's not like they go bad. Right. And then I also went ahead and bought a, a case of plastic, medium-heavy um, n- mesh trays. Mm. And so we can put the pots in their own layer. We can keep them organized that way. We can rotate them around, mm. and then they won't get too terribly wet we can also the there the trays have a lip so if we we can fill them with mulch and that'll keep more more moisture or we can put in a layer of plastic underneath or Mm -hmm. do something so that we can actually keep some moisture in so anyway we i picked those up too because i also in the catalog i thought it was a good deal and then when i went to check out they were both on sale so it's like bonus better deal
1: yep there you go yeah um, all right, so let's get to some emails here. Uh, Chris checking in on how we got here. Uh, he says, "Greetings, Cam and Missy. I hope that you are well. I'm a proud member of the Beard Brigade, only trimming, only trimming, only trimming the stragglers." Uh, he says, "So, thank you for that, Chris. Uh, Alicia and I, he says, are hoping that you kick this thing's butt again." Thank you. Me too. too. <laughs> Uh, your show a few weeks back, and then Cam and Company, where you said that you like to hear origin stories, Maybe decide to put pen to paper, so to speak, by the thoughts that I've been having, uh, looking back and looking forward. As everyone knows, we're moving out of Massachusetts and up to New Hampshire. makes me think back to when I actually experienced real freedom last, and that was where most people felt it. And for me, it was when I was a kid in rural South Jersey. And a lot of people are going to be shocked to hear somebody say the last place I felt real freedom was New Jersey.
2: Uh, that's... The town I grew up in was a great place to grow up in at one point in history in New Jersey.
1: Yeah. Well, he says, living in a place like Massachusetts, New York, California, Maryland, and also New Jersey, you learn very quickly that to do a lot of things, you must first ask permission from the state. He says, nothing was quite like it is now in the 80s, but there was, even then, more restrictions in the states like Pennsylvania. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yes, Chris says, my wife and I are both on the old end of the millennial generation. Wow. You're listening to a Gen Xer and a Boomer, Chris. That uh, I didn't think that was that was allowed, but good for you. Apparently, there's some sort of you saw this right? Some sort of like micro generation nonsense. That yeah. that's like the it's it's in between the Boomers and Generation X, I think, or in, no, or in between Generation X and the Millennials. Something like that. It's so silly. I know. We're just know. trying to slice us and dice us into so many, like, razor thin. We we're going to totally be like Carpaccio. We're going to be Carpaccio people.
2: Instead of a melting pot. Right. Just trying to separate us again. It's kind of funny.
1: Anyway, right. uh, sorry, I digress. Uh, Chris and I said, growing up, I lived a fairly carefree life. We had firearms, horses, farms, livestock all around us. People were few and far between, which made making friends hard. But with the woods to play in and the animals to befriend, that was Okay. My uncle, he says, was a huge influence on me as a kid, and still is today. He was a bit of a rebel in his younger days, and when I was younger, he always taught me to find out who I was and never been for anyone. In fact, he was one of the people interviewed for Paul Lyon's book, Class of 66. I don't think I've ever heard of that. I'll have to check that out. Uh, He decided the best way to change the system was to get involved and eventually became the mayor of Egg Harbor Township. Hmm. How cool is that? From the rebel to the mayor, right? Right. Chris says, he's probably the reason why when I see something wrong, I need to fight it head on without delay. Uh, When my father lost his job and could not find anything locally, he started branching out, eventually finding work in Worcester, Mass. He moved up there, leaving my mother and I in New Jersey until we could move to a place my parents jokingly said they both had no desire to even visit. (laughs) 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 But you know, you got to do what you got to do, do, right?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, We moved to Wareham Mass, he says, in the early 90s. My parents thought being so close to where this country started, we should go visit Plymouth Rock before we got unpacked. My first real time in Massachusetts, I step out of the car and I'm immediately pooped on by a seagull. (laughs) I saw the gravel beaches of Cape Cod, and I wondered, why would anybody even want to be here? Right? And now you know why so many Massachusetts residents drive all the way down to North Carolina and the (laughs) Outer Banks to go on vacation.
2: (laughs) And that's not even a joke. No. It's it's true. There's so many of the plates. You see all these cars from all of the New England uh, states. It's really funny.
1: Uh, Chris says, My first indication that something was wrong in Massachusetts was all of a sudden my dad had to sell his guns. He said they were illegal since they weren't registered. I learned later that he would either trade for them or paid cash while we were in New Jersey. He had no idea that this wasn't legal. We aren't talking super scary evil guns here. A few shotguns, some twenty twos, a Cold Army Special, and thirty-eight Special. This goes to show you how easy it is for someone to get jammed up. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Chris says, I grew up a little bit. I learned. Looking back, it's amazing the things that shape your outlook on life. recently watched the best sci-fi show that nobody's ever heard of, Babylon 5. Did you ever watch that? Babylon 5?
2: I've heard of it, but no, I don't think I remember really
1: watching it. Was, it, was it. Like, it was around the time of Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay. Uh, Chris says, um, that started getting me interested in politics. I'll be some of my core philosophies. Uh, Heinlein and uh, Ayn Rand, he said, I don't think I would have gotten as much out of Atlas Shrugged. And the moon is a cruel mistress. When I had to read them in high school, I did not have the foundation set when I was younger. He said, I also had the opportunity to travel around Europe while working for a race team, uh, taking in the history that's pretty awesome. And in 2008, he says he met his now wife at an Independence Day party. I knew pretty quickly Chris says I was going to marry her. She, on the other hand, he did some convincing that this tattooed, blue-haired guy who raced cars professionally and for fun was just the guy for her.
2: <laughs> what kind of cars?
1: What kind of cars, Chris? Okay, well, I guess we have to ask. Chris says a week after we met, I was in a bad wreck where I shattered my sternum, mm. broke four ribs, my left wrist, and popped all the bursts of sacks in my left knee. Mm. Whoops. Being a man of my word, Chris says, I did still bring her fudge from a tourist trap in Vermont on my drive back home in my race car. I didn't know the extent of my damage until the next day when I went to the hospital on my lunch break. In 2009, Chris says, I went back to Berlin, Germany, Christmas time to see a band play. And as it turns out, this was a life-changing event. He said, I love Christmas more than any other holiday, like like Miss E loves Halloween. Uh, And they do it like we do Independence Day, except it lasts for a month. Festivals are everywhere. He said, but the biggie was I got to see firsthand evidence of the Holocaust. Uh, the Germans, he says, are very transparent about what happened there. It's something that I think everybody needs to see and touch. It was there when it clicked just how important our rights here in America are and how easily they can slip away bit mm-hmm. by bit. Uh, it also made me realize, Chris says, that there was more personal freedom in Germany than there was in Massachusetts. Mm. Right? So uh, Chris also talked about uh, the rehab process. Um, he rebroke his sternum. <laughs> oh, Right? Oh, gosh. Uh, he said, I decided I needed something to do when I couldn't race, and I remembered my old friend firearms. <laughs> my girlfriend was unamused by this, but I kept it small for a time. She slowly got comfortable, or at least didn't yell at me about guns. I did my best not to agitate her uh, too often. <laughs> um, he talks about uh, the, the eye-opening process of going to get a license to carry in Massachusetts. He said, I, I'm in a great town where the chief believes in the individual right to keep and bear arms, but I remember the nervous waiting uh, period did I get denied? Did I get a restriction? Finally got the call to pick up my license, uh, my my license to carry class A, which entitles you to own a rifle, handgun, or a shotgun, as well as the right to carry that or the the permission slip to uh, to carry in Massachusetts. Okay. Um, and Chris said, uh, you know, this whole process also made him realize he wanted to leave Massachusetts, which is why now um, he's getting ready to do this about the time you guys were contemplating doing something crazy Chris says and buying a farm I was taking a huge step seeing if Alicia my girlfriend was foolish enough to marry me and also being kicked out of our apartment and needing to buy a house at the same time uh, that he says uh, not stressful enough on their own so they ended up buying a place uh, in uh, near Worcester and he says and here we are now Five years later, doing something crazy just like you did. We're going to be buying land, building a house, and hopefully a workshop for me to keep my project cars and farms in working order. We may have found land, says Chris. We're talking to builders early next month. The future is right here in front of us. It's exhilarating and terrifying all at the same time. He said, I'm taking the uh, uh, first real white Christmas since we got together as a sign that everything's going to work out. Fingers crossed. And Chris, we uh, we will keep our fingers crossed for you as well. And listen, you're right. That I remember very vividly that feeling of exhilaration and terror.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, do
1: you? Don't you? Oh yes. Right. Like okay, we're locked in here. You know, tables up. Like uh, when we found out we were having the twins. Yes, exhilaration and terror. And you know. It, it's it's like it's like you're that first seat on the roller coaster, mm-hmm. and you've gone up the hill, and you're perched right there at the top, and all you can do now is hold on and scream,
2: yeah, and
1: try not to pee your pants. <laughs> That's basically it. Pretty much, and enjoy the ride. And uh, Chris, <laughs> enjoy the ride, man. That is fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, uh, for riding in with your origin story, uh, both as a uh, fellow fool. And as a, uh, a gun owner, um, Stephen, riding in from the Rock Ridge Ranch in Ione, California. Says, we last approached you about a year ago. Thought we'd drop you a line let you know what we've been up to. My daughter, Gabby, who's a sophomore in high school, has joined FFA this year. We'll be raising bacon seeds for her fair project. Fun. Awesome. Good luck, Gabby. She's allowed to show two pigs at the fair, which will ultimately be auctioned off. We're considering purchasing a third for our freezer. Big project over the holidays uh, to construct our pig pen. Everything we read and how-to books and watched on YouTube said that pigs are known to dig under fencing. Yes. Yes, yes indeed they are. Yes. So we trenched and sunk the steel fence panels in 1,650 pounds of concrete until we had a 15-by-15-foot 15 15 pig pen. That'll do it. That'll do, pig. Uh, that'll that that'll work that'll really work. well.
2: you got to get out there and clean up all the poop all
1: the time, though. Yes, indeedy. Uh, also making plans for our garden. Uh last year purchased fifteen individual tree boxes for garden boxes, also able to procure a few large wooded fruit harvest boxes that will serve as super sized uh garden boxes Steve says um uh, last year garden eh, kind of a disappointment um yeah, had at least a dozen varieties of tomato plants, a couple varieties of peppers, tomatillos, and onions. Tomatoes struggled to produce all year. Most of the other garden varieties also struggled or straight no showed. We think it was the soil that was the issue, so we're amending the garden mulch with soil and some organic matter from our chickens in hopes to produce a more fertile blend. Uh, if you have well, let's see. You're probably not going to have time if you're purchasing your pigs in February or March. But save that poop, Steve.
2: Or add it to the compost. Or pile. yeah, add yeah.
1: it to yes. Well, that's still saving it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying, saying like you yeah. know.
2: Add add that add the 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 litter from the chicken coop. Add mm-hmm. that all to the compost pile because you don't want to add it. Like because you wouldn't. You're not supposed to really add chicken poop to the garden because it's considered hot. Okay. And so you want to have it, you know,
1: cool off in the compost. Yeah, cool off in the compost. Okay. Do it that way. I will say the pig poop has been amazing uh, in terms of, you know, helping to produce big old tomato plants and peppers and pumpkins. Oh,
2: yeah. From where we had them to where we moved them around. Mm
1: hmm. So uh, Steve riding in uh, says, We'll relaunch our 2018 garden with tomatoes, peppers, onions, cucumbers, spaghetti swash, basil, possibly some leafy greens. In addition, he says, I'm most excited about planting some fruit trees down in our garden. I asked my wife the other day, says, Steve, is it weird that I'm excited for spring products to hit tractor supply? (laughs) We'll send you an an update on the pigs in garden in a couple of months. You can follow us on Instagram at the rock Ridge ranch, rock Ridge ranch. Ranch. So uh, Steve, Jen, Gabby and Jake says, we're keeping you guys in our thoughts and prayers. And thank you so much uh, to each and every one of you. And thank you for sharing your stories about what's going on. A um, couple more to get to real quick here. Sean in uh, Oklahoma, Pecan Grove Farm and Gardens, they have decided to make the move. Somebody bought the farm. Oh, and good, a good for and them. And that's a good and, thing. And yeah, this
2: is a good thing right? for them
1: because they were having to move. Yep. He said, we accepted an offer on our home. We'll be moving to Claremore, Oklahoma. Just wanted to share our happiness. We'll be living in my parents' home that they built when they moved after my father retired. As you know, Sashawn, my dad passed away last August, and since that time we've been trying to sell our farm so that we can move there to keep it in the family. My mother's moving into a smaller house that she just made an offer on last week, so it's all going to move out. Or all work out with her moving out and us moving in at about the same time. He says uh, once we get moved in, I'll send you some pics. And he says if you happen to be in the area, we'll be having a big Independence Day party. Hmm. Well, I have no idea where I'm going to be on July 4th this year. We do have family in Oklahoma still, but uh, if we make it there, Sean, I'll, I'll ask for directions. <laughs> uh, and uh, Sean says, uh, "Keep up the great work. You're one of the highlights of my week. Love you both." And Sean, thank you so much. So we love you too, and we're glad that uh, this worked out for you. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, we've got one more. From uh, Brent in Andover, Kansas, talking about the uh, Super Bowl. It says, it was great to see Clint Romachet with all the Medal of Honor winners at the coin toss of the Super Bowl. Now it's time to turn the game off and watch Netflix. Oh, man, I wish I'd made that decision, Brent. Uh, And, yes, it was awesome seeing our friend Clint Romachet there with, I think, 12 or 14 Medal of Honor recipients at the Super Bowl. I I know. You were...
2: I don't think I counted
1: them. Yeah, but uh, it was nice. I actually haven't talked to uh, to Clint in a while. I needed to catch up with him. It's one of those things like when you have a Medal of Honor recipient in your contact list, you always want to send a text and just, hey, how you doing? But at the same time, like, when you haven't talked in a while, then you feel weird. About reaching out and making contact. But I need to go ahead and be you weird see. and Hi. just say, hey, Hi, it's how, Cam you Edwards. how you been? Say, Ben. I don't even need to give my last name with Clint. Clint knows who I am.
2: Okay, well, whatever. Just say, hey, it's Cam. How you been? Don't <laughs> just throw it out there just in case. But that's
1: just one of those guy things. Sometimes, you know, you just you just sit on your hands because it's been a while.
2: Well, yes, that is a guy thing. But don't assume that he is going to remember who the phone number is. So, yeah, at least you use your first name.
1: No, I always use my first name. Okay. All right, on that note... Cam and Missy are going to say goodbye for a uh, few days here. We will be back next week. I I don't have any more travel for a while except for a a quick trip up to the D.C. area for the Conservative Political Action Conference uh, later in the month. But uh, at next uh, podcast, we will have news uh, for everybody. We'll let you know what's going on.
2: We should about the CT scan that I had yesterday.
1: So, you know, again.
2: (sighs) Yeah, see if everything's working. Yep. I can't tell cuz I didn't feel bad. You didn't feel bad to begin with. To begin with, yes, cuz somebody asked me does, does does cancer hurt? I'm like, I couldn't tell, I it didn't feel it to begin with. I didn't feel it when it came back. Right. And the only reason I can feel it is cuz they're trying to
1: <laughs> trying to get rid of it. <laughs> they're
2: trying to cure me. They're making me feel like shit. So there you go. <laughs> does cancer hurt? Not in my estimation.
1: Not, not, <laughs> not yet, right? Not yet. Not yet, and we'll knock on wood that we don't have to find out, so... Yeah,
2: let's hope it's just done, done, done. Right. I want to see all my fun new things come to life.
1: I know, and we're going to. We got big plans this year.
2: Yeah, right? we always had big plans.
1: <sighs> yes, indeed.
2: Yeah. Hey, our right. garden did... Okay, it did well so last
1: year. The I what, mean, for the most part. W-
2: what we utilize and what we planted kicked butt last yes,
1: year. it did.
2: We also didn't use half the garden.
1: No, it so. worries me that you have big big plans this year, but we'll, we'll, we'll get through it. Yeah, we'll get through <laughs> everything. All right, well, until we talk again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and we will talk to you soon with more 40 Acres and a Fool here on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards
0: on the Blaze Radio Network.